What is the difference between being punk and being a punk? We are here to talk some punk rock, some music comics. Punk culture, DIY shit, anything we want to talk about. That's, that's what fascinates me. Give me everything. Absolutely everything. I find that, that music and comics have always been intertwined. Muckspout. Chicks okay. dig it. Don't worry. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Muck Spout. Got uh, John with me over here. And uh, today we are joined by James Burton and Kira Burton. And yep, you got two Burtons. Got, got a, got Always a dangerous thing to have, two Burtons. <laughs> Make sure that you know, usually we're, comes into a fight. We're well, on here to talk Damage Inc., but uh, we had started a conversation before uh, while we were in the studio so to speak about why james has the worst taste in music that was started by kira so if we want to discuss that let's uh let's start off with that god it's so like his favorite band like in high school was like stabbing westward like they're still my favorite band they're not I, good. <laughs> and the I other day, <laughs> enjoyed stabbing westward. I can't say anything. So. <laughs> I was I was talking about how my coworker also has bad taste in music, and he's like really into Three Doors Down. And James is like, "No, Three Doors Down is good." I'm like, "What is wrong with you?" They're <laughs> not the worst band on the planet. <laughs> I didn't think they were the worst. Like seriously, you would defend Nickelback. You have the worst taste in music. I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> Nick's not the worst either. See, you, you know just what's funny when, um, like, growing up in the '90s, there was bands that I was like, eh, like, um, like Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, I was not a fan of. Me but neither. Like, but like nowadays, if like Pearl Jam comes on, I'll listen to it. Like, I, I've like totally toned down my uh, my dislikes from the '90s. Now it's there's so many <laughs> other things that I don't like. I might as well. Just that's valid because I think I've toned them down too, just not enough to like what James likes. That's <laughs> crosses a line. No, he does. What's that band you like? Southern Death or whatever? Southern Death. <laughs> <laughs> that band's uh, not bad. We, we have the same taste in music. We we just never have. Like I got into punk and he was like into like weird, like they don't call it techno anymore. I'm going to be old. It's and industrial. It it's edm now god you're older than i am or whatever there's probably a new term but yeah he just he he just went a different way with his musical taste than the rest because i started listening to sushi and the banshees and stuff when i was like four because of my sister so and james just went i'm gonna listen to this weird shit instead and God forbid if they have lyrics about like Superman in them or something, like it's over. He loves the band from then on. <laughs> Speaking of that, like there are bands that like I was like, especially I had two younger sisters. So like they were into like the spin doctors and I was like, uh and then like after the spin doctors weren't popular anymore, I was like, there's some good stuff. And then I owned like their whole biography. <laughs> and then uh, and that and um, Bush. Bush is the other one where I was like, oh Bush, like they went and saw them live and stuff, and I was like, that's so dumb. And then, like, after they weren't really, like, cool anymore, I was like, eh, they're not that bad. You, you know, Eric, I find myself with that same thing. The less popular band is, the more I do. Yeah. That kind of happened to me with folk music. I was like, I'll never listen to folk music. Like, that's not what I do. But then I found, like, folk punk, and I'm like, this is amazing. I can listen to this all day. Like, it's Dead my favorite thing now. A bunch of metalheads that play freaking bluegrass. Come on. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't, it's, it's like it's they wanted to be in a punk band but all they had was a ukulele i always say the same thing about ska bands <laughs> like they wanted to be in a punk band but they took trumpet in high school so yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> but that's why like when he when he did his first drawing of sarah um like the first ones james had for sarah for damage inc was she was yeah, so yeah. sad for oh, all yeah. of them. <laughs> she, well, she's the annoying little sister who kind of forced her way onto the scene. She wasn't going to be happy. Well, I, but when I very much, I gave James shit about it, and I very much wanted him to draw Sarah happy, so he put her in a punk club. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. That's where I spent my youth and stuff. And, oh, James was there for, like, KMFDM. I remember him being there for that one. That's Dana's fault. <laughs> yeah, it was. I broke my nose at that show. But so, yeah, like, punk has always been just, as soon as, like, I had terrible taste in music until I was about 13, and then my brother Steven forced me to listen to, like, Bad Religion and the Eels, and then I got taste in music. So, <laughs> and James never did, unfortunately. Well, taste in music aside, damaging his uh, had uh all kinds of fun with stuff like that. We got the bloodstrings to appear in issues three yeah, and four, right. first volume. And the punk concert Kira is talking about, about how she got to show up and go woohoo before the band turned into, a, well, not the band, but until the entire show turned into a zombie mosh pit is um, <laughs> what happens, I guess. I had a nickel for every time. <laughs> hey, while you're already here, why don't you go ahead and like and subscribe? And if there's a bell on your screen, click that bitch so we can keep doing this shit. And right now, uh, there is a Sarah focused story, which is what Damage Inc. is putting out in its new volume. We are on issue two, and we're running through a Kickstarter. This is the Battle of the Broken Daughters, or the War of the Broken Daughters, however you want to look at it. The War of the Lost Daughters, James. Yeah, I accidentally used the word broken when I set the Kickstarter up. I'm not sure why. <laughs> it, may, it may have been my ability to retain names that was broken. Um, the story is written by Jeff Aragon, a good friend of mine. And he he has known Kira and I for years. Uh, he, basically, I, I don't shut up about my family and about dumb stuff. So he knows about all the different traumas and the different things that we've affected. And... Even though, you know, this is his first time out writing, he managed to capture these glimpses. No, um, I mean, sorry to interrupt you, James, but complete shout out to Jeff. When Jay, because the thing about this story with Sarah is quite a bit of it is real, like, trauma that happened in my life. Like, it's, it's real stuff. Obviously not the goblins. Well, maybe the goblins. You never know. Um, <laughs> but it, it really did happen. And James asked me for permission to use the story, and I was like, I don't know. And then I swore, I, I thought I was going to get to a point with Jeff where I was going to be like, no, that's not right. You need to back off. But he's done a great job. He's done an amazing job. I didn't think he would be able to capture not just the traumatic experiences that I've had, but, um, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to write a different, a member of another gender and write them well without pandering or any of that. And Jeff has completely accomplished that. Like, I'm really pleased with the way the story's gone and um, how he's approached it. So, yeah. Hey, James, you're like, Damage Inc. was your creation, right? 
Like that's yes. How how does that work to take your creation and then hand it off to another writer? I know people do it all the time, but I've never done it. So. Oh God, Eric, you are opening a can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a few issues about control oh, on a personal scary. level. Um, and I, to be honest, I don't really deal with that well. Um, the difference here is that Je Jeff and I work really well together. We've worked, we've, we've both been in the same job or we've been each other's bosses at different times. And that's been going on since I was 19. So it's 20 plus years. So there's a lot of trust and respect between the two of us. So, um, I, one of the reasons why Jeff is the one writing this isn't just because when he was writing a first story, he caught a couple of glimpses. It's also because Jeff is an avid comic book fan. He introduced me to things like uh, Identity Crisis. I'd never read it before. Stuff like that. More mainstream. Like while I was reading like, you know, James O'Barr or finding weird like Trent Can Yuga books and stuff like that. He was showing me like the good things that were going on in the mainstream later. Um, he's got a really solid grasp of how to understand those things. We have a lot of great conversations about it, and I, and I trust him. So when it came time uh, for us to work together, I kind of got him along with it because I, I'm trying to also be the person that I needed it earlier in my life, as all of us should be. Jeff has never gotten a professional writing credit, even though he's wanted to do it forever. And a lot of us know people who have skill or talent that have never gotten a push from yeah. anybody. And when I was first uh, trying to get my comics in print, uh, the very first times I was joining anthologies and stuff like that, I, dude, this script I had was really bad and it was really hard mechanically because the writer was young. He didn't understand, don't put motion in a comic, all, you know, all the different rules. And I was having a lot of trouble converting it into something visual. And Jeff really helped me, pushed me, and he's like, no, 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 this is worth you doing. This is, you know, this is where it starts, you know, keep going. Um, and he's always been really supportive. So it was really easy for me to be supportive of him. That's awesome. awesome. But long story short, James has to trust them. That's such a big thing for him. Like, it's it's super easy for me to trust most artists. I'm like, I can't draw, you do it, you know? <laughs> That's about how much it takes for me. But with James, it takes a lot of trust and a lot of communication where he's able to say, you know, I don't know how to draw melancholy, Kira, that type of thing. And um, <laughs> so he he needs that from a writer, definitely. And I think that Jeff is probably the writer he's worked with. I don't know if it's been the easiest but they've come up with some of the best stuff, especially coming out of uh, damaging that I've seen in a long time. And just the way they're developing those characters is just better yeah, than I yeah. thought it would be, honestly. <laughs> no, no offense to that, but it, it's just amazing. It's really good. Awesome. How does it work um, when it comes to the writing when he's, writing a story about your character, James, and based on a story of Kira's. Like, how does that all formulate? Well, he kind of, he's heard me talk about the damage in my family, the, the trauma, the whatever. So uh, as he's writing, he, he loves to put everything in the pot and then 
pull pieces out that don't work. That, that that's how we always start. Um, and it's a fun way to start. I, I I don't mind going at it from that direction. So, like for example, the script for this story, it's going to be a four part story, and it, which is the longest damage story I've done so far. Yeah, that's a long story. And the, the goal from the beginning was to make sure we had character progression because I pulled my readers. A lot of readers, you know, they like the one-shot stories, but they would like to see something more involved and something go a little bit longer. So this was my first chance to do that. And we're just trying to answer that. He asked a lot of questions. He is, he is, you know, he's really respectful about a lot of stuff, but he is okay with it. When I say, hey, I'm not sure if that works. Let's take this one out, let's take that one out, and then let's see what happens. So we do a lot of little story meets, which is kind of like a writer's room. And, and you know, you get out the whiteboard, you write down all your notes, write down everything. And I'm actually taking notes on my scripts so that when we are done with the story, I've got like this well-written, well-scribbled, well-loved piece of uh, artifact that will be involved in the Kickstarters. Awesome. And this story was actually my idea from a long, long time ago, because I was like, no, Sarah could drop people. And like, I came up with the whole thing and James was like, that is way too powerful for her to be right now. And, you know, he gave me a lecture, but. Oh, sounds like we lost her. And <laughs> uh, what she's talking about is she, the way she described the power for that character was big. And I like to work up to things. My favorite stories are street stories, you know? Okay. I, I don't need to go to the apocalypse at the end of every chapter. I, I'm not writing for Supernatural. I, I don't need to, you know, try to bring out the dark in the sun every single issue. Speaking of uh, some dark. My artwork is a little dark. <laughs> Yeah, that was a character named Suso that's new to the book. But the Damage Inc., I think that I, I just want to make this point before we yeah. lose this. Um, so Damage Inc., this, the character progression that is happening is a big deal, and the representation that's happening is a big deal. Like, James doesn't give enough credit to it at all. At all. I've been yelling at him since he started the Kickstarter, especially that he needs to talk about how this is a different thing uh, for girls, femme people, things in general. Damaging is showing a lot of scope and a lot of progression for girls who have been through trauma, girls who just are different in a lot of ways and are processing things and just want to be themselves. You know, I've never seen characters dressed like Sarah before. And I think that representation is really important to me at least. And it's, and it goes through the, you know, the Goblin Queen's trauma and everything too. Damage Inc. is turning into something different that has a lot of emotion and a lot of important things going on in it that I think that different people need to see and look at. I think that's one, that's where it shares a lot with punk rock. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's like a place to go. Like that, we, like all are welcome, you know? Yeah. That, well, that whole found family atmosphere has always been a part of damaging. You're one of the things growing up about a lot of us, the punk band that sprouted up out of my friends and all the other stuff. It was, we didn't have a place to go. None of us felt safe going home to, you know, 
just to get in more arguments with our parents or in some people's cases thrown out by the parents. <laughs> One kid, his parents decided to move to Florida and didn't tell him. It was stuff like that. <laughs> why we had a couch on the porch, okay? Well, that's what we used it for eventually. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's why it was helpful having it there. But, you know, we, we grew up in the punk rock atmosphere, and it, it helps with a lot. That is the one way James is punk. I will give him credit for that. We did grow up in a very punk rock atmosphere with people sleeping on the porch and such. But that's damage is it's definitely becoming a place where more people can find home it's not just silly your mom jokes anymore not that i don't respect the your mom jokes james i do i still worked to your mom and jokes into that book <laughs> of course you did yes a mad respect but it's becoming a place where people can sort of help find themselves in the characters and in the stories and i think that's super important in this kickstarter uh, definitely I, I know i've mentioned this a couple times i think you even quoted me on your kickstarter but the uh, relationship between the characters is like one of my favorite things about this series um it, it's always fun to portray when they're behaving that way um and then also dude you didn't mention you were kind enough to do a cover you're 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 gonna have a cover on this book yeah so i prepped a couple graphics of that here's the uh here's what i submitted Little tell me that paper. does not look like somebody's like homemade mixtape cover. <laughs> it's so, that's exactly what it looks like. I was thinking like Kerplunk. Uh, like five. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> Totally see that. Even if Sarah's just, I can't believe that. I was, I was so excited. James is like, "There's going to be a blister cover," and I was like, "Yeah!" And then he shows me, and I was like, "Aw!" I felt like Mike Witkowski in Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Although I noticed in the black and white, she stands out a little more. It does pop a little more. Oh, with the color, yeah. it kind of fades a little bit. Well, she dresses in gray. <laughs> <I'm not> <laughs> <laughs> if you wore color, Kira. She's not actually trying to stand out, right? Yeah, That's wait, why I dyed like... my hair, okay? <laughs> purple hair. She still has purple hair. <laughs> Oh man, this time goes so fast. <laughs> yeah. uh, How much um, longer do we have on the Kickstarter campaign? I think it's here talking? 12 or 13 days. Okay. So this yeah, is on like Wednesday, so you, it's more like 10 days or whatever at that point then. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be wrapping up on the 7th, um, okay. just past the beginning of the month. Um, right now we're at 70% and we've got a, one of the things I'm really proud of is I've got a lot of new backers that weren't in the other Kickstarters. And this is the first time where I've gotten like a slew of them. And I really appreciate that. That's the part where other people are new to it, digging it. A lot of uh, people buying the PDFs and, and, and I'm getting a, a good reaction so far. Lots of questions. There's been a lot of uh, people asking me all kinds of stuff about different rewards and just about the book in general, and that part that that part I'm really enjoying a lot. Um, awesome. I know that we've got plenty of time to cross that last little bit of that thirty percent. We're only asking for two thousand dollars in total, which is going to let me print the books for this issue. It's going to let me print new versions of some of the old issues, 
get all that stuff out and basically get me ready to be able to go to cons later this year. And uh, it's very, I'm, I'm loving it so far. So this, that's how you like, I was, I was just looking through, sorry, Eric. I, I was just going to say, I was just looking through to see if you had an all in kind of digital thing. Cause I'd gotten the first issue way back, but then I forgot. And then it was like later. So I was like, well, I'd like to get the whole thing. So for 10 bucks for six issues, that's, <laughs> ridiculously cheap and wonderful to get people interested in your comic so like that's i really wanted people to because i heard that a lot in the last one is that people wanted a digital all in um as much as possible to catch that up so i made sure that that part was there and on top of that one thing that um, people don't notice till they really dig into it is that any one of the backers that um backs at all outside of you know those little dollar tiers Anybody who bought, backs it up into one of the rewards is also going to get access to a digital library. Like Eric, I'm a part of Comics Launch. So as a part of Comics Launch, there's going to be other issues, things like the Sneaky Goblins, the Cthulhu versus Oz, which I was in recently, which, by the way, also got nominated for a Ringo last year. Um, and there's, there's going to be other books based on how many backers are in the campaign. And right now we're up to four other books and we're just about to get into the fifth one. So and that part's really exciting. Oh, and my favorite award is the fact that I made Ashcans. Oh, Ashcans. This so is nasty. Oh, awesome. Ashcans. Oh, Ashcans. Yeah. At, uh, what's up with my camera? There we go. There we go. Ashcans. Ashcans are. <laughs> They're smaller versions of comics that are, they're very DIY. Like they're usually done so that people can reserve the copyright for their material, but they're also really popular with like zines. And um, I remember in the nineties, man, I would go to, into Dimple to get music or to get movies <laughs> or whatever. And there were so many of these where people had like little magazines that they printed themselves and all kinds of stuff. So I'm doing that same thing with a book that Kira and I are working on called The Battle of the Nod. And this is the first time it's ever in print. And it's the only, it's basically, I'm going to make a run of a hundred of these. And then that's going to be it. Um, and nice. that's in preparation for a Kickstarter that we'll probably start seeing space next year. Oh, I love those. I did uh, my first two blister stories I did as ash cans before the trip. Oh, they're perfect for that. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that looks so much like just yeah a punk rock zine that it yeah. perfectly fits that kind of yeah, yeah the aesthetic of what you're going for. And I bet yeah, if you had more than a hundred, I bet you could go to some of the <laughs> punk rock flea markets and stuff that Eric goes to and just that. clean yeah. out. I'm sure. Yeah, some of those music fans favorites. are great. Yeah, games. Get them for me. Make them Sarah's followers. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us guys this goes by the way thanks for having us on yeah love you guys appreciate it love much about oh yeah you guys we love you and kira we'll get you back we'll get you back on again too james but we've been trying to get kira on for a bit and yes finally so i can talk more about how pathetic you are compared to me james we won't allow it <laughs> I appreciate somebody's got my back. Oh my god! <laughs> you have a short link for your Kickstarter, or do they just got to go search for Damage Inc.? Uh, the easiest way to find it is uh, get Damage Inc. up on Kickstarter. I will send you a link in just a moment here. 
And I can also be found on James Burton II, as well as I can be found on Facebook if you just take a gander and search for James Burton and Damaging Together. Hey, while you're already here, why don't you go ahead and like and subscribe. And if there's a bell on your screen, click that bitch so we can keep doing this shit. Hey, you made it through an entire episode. Good for you. If you're looking for more, give the rest of the channel a look. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll catch you fuckers next time. Later. Muxbound.